the 10th of August, 2006, episode 42. The Rookie Designer, with your host, Adam Hay. Rookie Designer is a proud member of the Tech Podcast Network. If it's tech, it's here. Let's take a look at the starting lineup. Designers have a bit of an advantage over the other fields in that we can bring a book that really demonstrates or illustrates our past experience. Now this can work for or it can work against us depending on what you have in that book or portfolio. Today we're going to look at some ways to improve upon your portfolio or book if maybe you're lacking some of that real world experience. After you're done listening to this podcast, check out the Darn PC Podcast with Harold Reid, available at www.darnpc.com, where we talk about what to do with that darn PC and much more. That's the Darn PC Podcast at www.darnpc.com. A couple things in the news today. Uh, first and foremost, you probably got yesterday, you got a little announcement if you downloaded it, about the podcast awards. Yes, I'm still uh, pushing this. There's only a couple more days left now. Actually, the last day to vote is tomorrow. So if you could do me a favor, just go to podcastawards.com and vote today and tomorrow. You can do it every 24 hours. They are pretty strict about the 24 hours, so make sure that if you vote today at, say, noon, then you're going to have to vote after noon on Friday. But I would really appreciate it if you go up and Give me those last-ditch effort votes so maybe we can get this thing done and get the Podcast Award won in the education category. So again, just go to podcastawards.com. On the front page there, you're going to see tons of different categories. Just vote for Ricky Designer in Education, as well as any others that you'd like to vote for in the other categories. Uh, scroll down to the bottom, put your name in, your email address, and submit the vote. Then you'll get an email. Just click on the link in the email, and you're done. It's very simple. And again, I would really appreciate it if you can do that for me. Uh, an announcement from Quark. They actually, when they released Quark 7, which was not that long ago, they didn't have the version for the new Intel Macs. So it actually wasn't running natively. If you have Quark 7, you have an Intel Mac, it wasn't running natively on that system. Now they've released the the uh, Quark 7 that will work natively on the Intel system. So if you have an Intel Mac and you use Quark and you wanted Quark 7, maybe you're waiting for this, it is now released, so you can now buy it. Uh, you can go to quark.com for more details on that one. A couple of shows coming up, one of which I will be attending, which is Photoshop World. It's in Las Vegas this year. It is September 7th through 9th at the Mandalay Bay Resort in Las Vegas. So very, very much looking forward to that. As I said before, if you're going to be there at this expo, definitely drop me a line. Send me an email or a message, and we'll try and hook up. Uh, I'm already hooking up with one listener of the show. Very much looking forward to meeting some of the, some of the people that listen to me. And uh, hey, we'll just hang out, have a couple drinks, do whatever. Um, but it should be a very good show. There's lots of... It's definitely the best training that you can get at an expo or a seminar if you want training in Photoshop. So... The pricing is a little bit pricey, and you've you've already missed the early bird special. 
So right now, if you're a member of the NAPP, the National Association of Photoshop Professionals, you can still get in for 500 bucks. If you're not a member, then it'll be $600. If you're an educator, you can get in for $479. If you're a student, uh, you can actually go for $150. So you're saving a hell of a lot of money. If you're a student and there's any way you can get to Las Vegas to go to this thing, $150 is a steal. This is a, a three-day expo. There's tons of different classes where you can learn lots of stuff. So 150 bucks is well worth it. Uh, I mean, you could just go bring $10 with you, put it all on black, and you might even be able to win your entry there. So uh, definitely, uh, if you have a way to get to Vegas and you have 150 bucks, it'll be 150 bucks well, well spent. So let me just say that. And I know a lot of people out there probably are students. So definitely take advantage of that if you can. The other show is uh, Max 2006, and this is an Adobe uh, an Adobe Expo, basically for users of Adobe software. There's all kinds of different tracks on this one. There's one for collaboration solutions, which goes over uh, Acrobat and Breeze, which is kind of like a video conferencing type of deal. Uh, there's lifecycle technologies. There's e-learning if you make uh, if you make a lot of training materials, uh, mobile and devices, which a lot of the new stuff in Flash, you can actually create applications or web pages for like cell phones and PDAs, stuff like that. Rich internet applications. Uh, again, you're working with Adobe Flex or Flash or Flash Media Server, if you do any of that. Uh, vertical market solutions. It says using the Adobe engagement platform. I'm not sure what that is, but just another track. And then there's just web design, which of course you will be using uh, Macromedia Dreamweaver and Flash. Uh, After Effects, Fireworks, uh, some of their other offerings there, and then Web Development, which is going to be uh, more like Cold Fusion, uh, Dreamweaver again, but it's more on the scripting side of things. So a lot of different tracks there if you're interested in any of that. This one is actually considerably more money, and this might actually put off a lot of people. And it's uh, it doesn't sound to me like a great one for somebody who's a beginner. Photoshop... Photoshop world is probably good for all different levels of people learning. This one may not be. So, and it definitely isn't on the price. The early bird registration is available through September 25th and it's $1,095. So we're talking about quite a bit more to go to this expo. Uh, the standard res registration after the early bird is uh, $1,295. And if you actually register on site. If you just go there and register, you're spending almost 1500 bucks. So quite a bit more for this one. But if any of that piques your interest, you, I'm going to have some uh, links up on the website for both of these expos. So today we're going to be talking about portfolios. And I did do a whole podcast on this before. I think it was on portfolios and demo reels. And we're going to talk a little bit about each of these. Uh, so I'm not going to go into massive detail about what what all the rules are, are about your portfolio, what you should put into it. If you want to know that stuff, just go back through the archives and find that one. I, I probably should have done more research and I could tell you which episode it is, but I didn't. So just go scrolling back through. It's one of the ones, it's called uh, Getting the Job. I think it's part three, Getting the Job part three. And it talks about portfolios and demo reels. But I wanted to just touch on a few of... Uh, let's say, quick tips of your portfolio, things you want to make sure that you do. First of all, first and foremost, I should say, you only want the best work in there. You don't want anything that's kind of, eh, so-so, I'm, 
I'm okay with it, but it's not one of my best pieces. Don't put that stuff in there. Only your best work should go in your portfolio because you want it to uh, portray your best design work. Uh, you probably only want about 10 to 15 pieces in there. When you're showing to somebody, you don't want them to get bored, but you also want to make sure that you have enough stuff in there so it doesn't look like you've done nothing. But if you get over 15, it's, it starts to get a little boring. And there's a certain order that you put these in. You want to wow them in the beginning. So put something very good, uh, maybe not your best piece, but maybe your second best piece in the very beginning. In the middle, you're going to want to put one of your best pieces. And at the end, put one of your best pieces. That way they stay enthused about it the whole time through. They're not getting bored halfway through. Uh, you want to finish strong as well. So just make sure you do that. Uh, you want to cater it to a specific job opportunity if if that's at all possible. Now, if you're going in for an interview for uh, doing design for like a bank, say, and you want they're going to want somebody who can do professional design. You don't want to take in stuff that that's completely different than that. And I use myself an ex as an example here in my web design uh, portfolio. I actually have a flash site that I made for a band and it's like a punk band. So it's all grungy looking. This probably isn't something you'd want to take in if you were applying for a job to do design on the bank website, because they want to see that you're able to design some nice pieces that are professional looking as opposed to something that's grungy looking. Now it's not completely bad because, okay, I, sh I could be showing them that I, I'm able to do a certain kind of functionality and that's okay. But you also want to make sure that you have a piece in there that, that illustrates the fact that you can do stuff that would apply to the job that you're trying to apply to. So keep that in mind. Uh, in regards to only having your best work in your portfolio, you got to keep in mind the fact that as you grow as a designer, as you design more each month, each year, you're going to get better. So you want to keep updating those pieces. If you have new stuff that you think is better than the old stuff, switch it out. Don't just add stuff to it and keep all the old stuff in. Make sure that you swap some out so that uh, your newer work is in there. Your newer work is probably better than your old work. If it's not, then you have a problem. So make sure you keep swapping those out. If you don't have new work to swap out, maybe every month, every few months, go back and look at what's in your portfolio and look at some of those pieces. And maybe now you can go back and just update those pieces. Maybe you learn something, something uh, better about how to do brochures and you have a brochure in there. Go back in. Hopefully you still have those files. Go back into that brochure file, maybe tweak it a little bit make it look better. Uh, there's always something to be improved. So go back in and tweak those things and make them better. And then, uh, you're going to have a better portfolio for it. So what I wanted to do today is, as I said, sometimes you, you don't have all the experience. And that's probably going to be the case with a lot of us here because we're going to be more junior designers. We don't have years of experience. We haven't made a lot of pieces that are worthy of our portfolio, especially if you're doing a lot of freelance work. We've talked before about how the customer is king a lot of the time. So you can't necessarily, you don't necessarily always end up with a piece that's worthy of your portfolio because sometimes you have to do what they want to do. And a lot of times when you do that, the design ends up looking like crap because they don't know what good design looks like. So this is a point where we might want to make up a project and do kind of like our own project, our own comp, so that we can end up with a nice looking result, something that's worthy of putting on in our portfolio and also adding to our experience. If we've never done a brochure before, 
Maybe a good idea is to make up a company or take a brochure from a local company and redesign the whole thing yourself and and just make that your project and make that, you know, treat it as if that was your client so that it's something worthy of putting in your portfolio at the end. So I wanted to go over some of the different projects uh, for the different fields that you might want to consider doing. The first, uh, first one I want to go over is print. I always do print first because... This is my specialty. This is what I've done for a while. But there's lots of different things you can do here. Uh, Before I start here, you want to make sure when you're doing these projects, as I said, treat it like it's a real client. Make sure you follow the whole creative workflow. And that means making tons of thumbnails. And and don't skip out on these steps because this is what's really going to make your design good in the end. If you don't explore all the different possibilities in the very beginning when you're brainstorming the idea you might not come out with the best design. So make sure you make all the thumbs and then move on to a few different comps of that, maybe a pencil or marker comps of that, and then move on to your final comp, and then maybe bring that into Photoshop and comp it up that way before you actually lay it out. And then you're going to do your final layout, and then maybe take it to somebody else, take it to another designer, or at least take it to a couple other people to have a look at it and, and get some opinions, get some feedback on it. And then you're going to go back and do revisions, just like you would with a client, just like you would with a freelance client, or if you had an art director, you know, go back and make those revisions and make sure everything is, is just tight and ready to go. And then it'll be ready for your portfolio. So... This whole thing, this whole topic actually spawned out of something that I read off the forums. Somebody was asking for people to suggest different uh, projects for them to do for their portfolio. And I thought this was a great idea. And I just want to thank everybody up on the forums for participating the way they do, because a lot of the shows that I've done in the last couple of months, last few months, have really been things that I've been reading on the forums. It's, it's a great way for me to find out what people really want to hear about. When they ask questions, sometimes it just spawns ideas like this one, like this particular show of, hey, that's a really good idea. You know, maybe we could talk about all the different things that are related to this certain question. So uh, I don't remember exactly who it was that put this up, but thank you for doing so because I thought it would make a really good show and hopefully it will. Hopefully you'll enjoy this. So uh, some of the projects that we can do in as far as print work goes. Probably the lowest level, the easiest things to do would be something like a flyer or a newsletter. And I say that because it's just basically a flat page. It's it's either one piece of paper or maybe a double-sided sheet or something like that. There's not a lot that goes into it. It's usually just a few pictures and some copy that goes into it. So these are really low level. Um, it's something that is going to show a little bit of your versatility, but probably not much. Whereas if you do stuff more like the business ID type of stuff, then that's going to be better. And that's that's the next one on my list. For uh, for businesses, you, you're going to want to do like business cards, letterheads, envelopes, and invoices. And this is kind of a package deal. You don't want to just do business cards and that's it. Because usually this is something like the design from the business card will flow through the letterhead, through the little envelopes, if there's any graphics on their envelopes or an invoice if they have one, they're all going to share that same kind of design. So it's a, it's a good thing to, to have all of those designed at once. And this is a great thing because obviously every company needs these, uh, needs these materials. So for this is a great thing for freelancing to have in your portfolio because tons and tons of businesses are out there looking for people to do just that. 
Another big one is the company logo. And this is a very high demand product as well. You'll find tons and tons of businesses out there that need a logo or need their logo updated or redesigned. So also a very, very good thing to have in your portfolio if you're good at it. Now, I myself, I don't like to make logos that much. I don't feel that's one of my strong points. So I kind of stay away from those jobs. I have done a few when, when I'm asked to do it. Uh, they're usually I usually don't charge too much because I know myself that I'm not very good at it. But uh, it, it is a good thing if you're good at it to have in your portfolio. Uh, the next thing is brochures. And if you're going to do a brochure, my recommendation is to do either a trifold brochure or uh, I believe it's called a peekaboo brochure. And the deal with that is if you have a trifold, when you open the front cover, there's one fold in it and you open that fold. And that's why it's called a trifold. There's three panels. A peekaboo is you open the first, you open the cover and then there's inside, there's two pages folded over. So they kind of open almost like two doors opening. And then you have, you end up with four panels. And if you can kind of imagine how that goes, I guess that's why they would call it peekaboo. But I say to make these because they're a little bit harder. They're harder to plan as opposed to something that just folds once, kind of like a, a book. It's harder to plan out because you actually have to account for the different folds that are in it. You have to measure it right so that it folds correctly. You have to uh, plan how you're going to fit all the information in the, the six panels or the eight panels, whatever it may be. And just the way that you have the information flowing through those different panels can really show some versatility as far as you know how good you are at laying out a brochure. Again, some people are going to want just a, a, a bifolding brochure, something that folds over once, but you don't always want to go for the easiest thing. Usually you're going to want to go for the more challenging thing because it shows that you have that initiative and, and it shows that you're talented. The next thing, uh, if you if you really want to do something that just folds over once, I would recommend doing a folder. And this is something that's become pretty popular, at least with corporate businesses, to have a folder that uh, just kind of gives like a, a brief description or even just their logo on the front of it. And then you open it up, it might have some kind of graphics on it, but it has a little space to put their business card and it has either one or two pockets so that they can stick all the information about their company inside of there. So they might have their brochure that you made in there. They might have some kind of uh, information sheets or specs, spec sheets in there. And this is something that I've done for my company. So uh, it's a great thing to do. And again, you're making a folder. So it's not just an 11 by 17 page folded in half. You actually have to uh, account for the pockets and it just makes it that much more difficult because you, you have to account for where the graphics are going to go, where the bleeds are. The bleeds are a little bit more tricky because it's more of a die cut piece than it is just a, a flat page with bleeds on it. And uh, again, it just shows your versatility, shows some skill on your part. Uh, you can make these things one or two pockets. I've seen both and one of the the most recent one that I actually made for my work has one pocket on the right side and it also is used as a brochure. So it has the the cover artwork on it. You open it up, if there's nothing in it, uh there's actually graphics printed on the back of it. So on the left side there's no pocket and there's just graphics on there. On the right side there's a pocket where you can put in your business card, but above where the pocket is you can still see, obviously, the background. There's there's uh, there's information up there as well. And if you do put pages in the right side, you're actually covering those those graphics and that information up. So that would be the less important information that you want to put on that side. 
And then, of course, when you close it on the back, there's uh, probably the company information, things like that. So another idea there. You can also do point of sale materials. And again, I'm going to say that probably the best things to do here are, would be something like a table topper. Uh, if you don't know what that is, it's usually, they're sometimes called table tents as well. And it's going to be kind of like a triangular shaped piece where on the bottom it kind of hooks together. And it's, I guess this is kind of hard to explain. But it's usually like a, a thicker stock of paper. It's going to be a very long piece. And on the top and the bottom, you're going to fold those over and end up connecting those pieces to be the bottom so that it's kind of makes a little teepee kind of shape. And you'll have graphics on that. And it, these are some things that you would see mainly in like a restaurant. If you go to like Applebee's or something, they might have a, a special on there, like a drink special or something like that. And uh, I think these things are good things to make because, again, you're, you're doing something that's not just a flat piece of paper. You can actually take this and print it out and create it so that it actually makes the 3D item. So I think that's a little better. Other things you might want to do for here are stickers, uh, mouse pads, or banners. Again, these things are going to be hard for you to recreate and actually show to them. I mean, maybe not like a sticker or a mouse pad, but... Uh, they're they're more like 2D objects. They're, if you're going to make a mouse pad, why wouldn't you just make a flyer? Because it's basically the same thing. You're putting graphics on a, a flat surface. So in that same regard, I think doing different packaging is a good idea too. And we're going to talk a little bit about that in another section. But a good thing to do, I think I've mentioned this before, is to find boxes like a cracker box or any kind of box and pull it apart and see how it's made because you'll see that the graphics have to be kind of bled off the edges in kind of weird spots. These are good things to do because it teaches you more than just designing on a, on a piece of paper. It teaches you how to design on things that are actually going to be built into 3D objects, which is very good. The next kind of subsection to that, to the whole print thing, is media art. And these are things like uh, CD artwork. And if you're going to do CD artwork, there's a couple different versions. There's the kind that go in the jewel cases. And if you do that, make sure you go ahead and make all the different flaps. Well, it would be basically the top flap and the one that goes in the bottom of the tray. And the one that goes in the bottom, don't forget, it actually has two flaps on the side that fold up to make the spine artwork. Uh, go ahead and do that. On the top, you can either do the single uh, or you can do a booklet. And of course, a booklet is going to show, again, more diversity that you can actually make a booklet with several pages and, and lay out the information in that. The other version would be the cardboard version. And this will be a little bit harder. Again, this is more kind of like a packaging. And there's a lot of different versions of these. Some of them have uh, multiple foldouts. Some of them have a little pocket where you would put a, an extra insert in there. Some of them actually flip over multiple times. So really, I think it's up to you to just find one that you like. Maybe pull it apart again if it's hopefully it's something that you don't like a lot. You can pull it apart and see how it's put together and make your template off of that. And a good idea to, to do when you're doing things like these or like with boxes, pull them all apart and then try and scan them in so that you can basically just, you could take it into Illustrator and trace around it and that will be your template to make this graphic. Very good, very good and easy way to do it. Uh, another good one to do, and a lot of these are things that we did in school, in my school. And I had this one teacher, the teacher before him did a project where they all did a, uh, a DVD cover. And his thing was, well, why would you do a DVD cover? It's boring. It's one sheet of paper just kind of folded in half. 
or it's folded around the, the actual DVD box, actually. There's no challenge to that. So what he did is he made us do a, a VHS box, a videotape box, because again, there's a couple of different things that go into it. There's a couple of folds and actually the front of it, you know, kind of tucks into the top or the top of it rather kind of tucks in. So uh, it's a little bit more challenging and that's what he wanted us to do. So this, this is a really good one to do and it was kind of fun. And it gives you instant inspiration. Just pick your favorite movie or pick a movie that you think the VHS box sucks and redesign it. And let me just say on all of these projects, that's what you want to do. You either want to, if you're that creative, make up a new company, make up a new product to, to actually make the piece for, or just take something, go into a bank and grab a brochure or go in anywhere, grab a brochure, uh, get any kind of, get a box of crackers or something like that and redesign the box, redesign the piece. That's an easier way if you don't, you know, you don't want to have to come up with a whole idea yourself. Just redesign something that somebody else has already done. And that's an easy way to get started. Uh, also, don't half-ass it. When we did the video box, actually grab a video box that you can look at and see all the different elements that are on there. Like on the backs, for instance, they usually have some kind of description of what the movie is. They'll have a picture. And then they'll have all the different logos of... Uh, everything that needs to go on there from the the actual rating of the movie to all the different companies that helped on the picture to the, uh, uh, the don't even know what it's called, like the National Association of Motion, Motion Pictures or whatever. But get all those logos. And in the bullpen, I'm going to tell you a, a website that you can go to to get all those logos so you don't have to make them yourself and you don't have to scan them in. They'll be high quality EPS files. So don't half-ass it. Make it look as real as you can because that's just going to make it look even better. And on the same topic, when you make things like a CD cover or a VHS box, it's a good idea to maybe carry some of those in your portfolio. Carry some that are actually built up. So actually make it to size. And if you if you want to do this with a VHS box, you're going to have to have a printer that does 11 by 17 because it's going to have to be that big for you to cut it out. But actually put it together and stick a tape in there. Or if you do a CD artwork, actually print that stuff out and put it in a jewel case and carry that along with you. But also keep, uh, keep a, a version of that that's pasted on a blackboard, but also keep the 3D version because it's kind of nice to be able to hand it to somebody and they can see, wow, you know, it looks better when it's actually in the media that it's going to be in because it, I don't know, it just gives it that 3D look and it looks very nice. It looks very professional. So that's a good idea to maybe carry one that's actually built up and one that is pasted on the blackboard as well. The The last one that kind of goes into the same thing uh, is a catalog. And we kind of went over that. If you do a booklet for the CD artwork, then you're basically doing a catalog. But one of the other things that we did, we actually did a catalog for uh, Audi, I think it was. And it was uh, it was kind of like the fall catalog to show you all the new cars. Ours was kind of weird. Other people did other different kinds of catalogs. But one thing to do, again, to, to give it that realness factor, make things even like the, the little business reply card that's kind of stapled into the middle and you just put your information on it and send it back to them. Even make that thing because that just goes to show that everything's looking real good. Uh, there's also programs that you can get that will make barcodes for you. Uh, can't think of one off the top of my head. I'll try and find one. But uh, that's another way to make things look very realistic and look very professional is to, to actually add the barcode to the back of it as well. So just some things to keep in mind there for uh, building up your portfolio for if you're trying to get a print job.
The Keys to the Game, brought to you by TechPodcast.com. Our key command today is actually uh, kind of a simple one, and it actually completes a very simple task, but it can come in very handy when you're working on something and you really want to take a closer look at it. And that is to actually zoom in on the picture or zoom out. And to do this, we're going to press either the command or control key and the plus or minus key. And this is actually something that works in uh, Final Cut Pro and Soundtrack Pro also. It'll actually zoom in on the timeline. But uh, for Photoshop and Illustrator, if you want to zoom in on the canvas, now it treats it a little bit differently between Mac and Windows. On a Macintosh, it actually increases or decreases the whole size of the window. That includes the, the frame that's around it. Again, there's not really a great way to explain this, but if you want to decrease the whole size of your document, the canvas, and the, the window, like the Photoshop window that's around it, that's how it does it in Mac. On Windows, it actually just kind of increases or decreases the canvas, and the actual uh, Photoshop window stays the same size. So just keep that in mind. But again, to zoom in or zoom out, Command or Control and the plus or minus key. So one more thing I just wanted to throw in there, and this goes for all portfolios or books. If you are a good artist, like a traditional artist, then you should probably include at least some, maybe one or two, maybe just one. Include some sketches or maybe some uh, watercolors or paintings or even some marker comps, but only do this if they're good enough. Now, if you are traditionally trained in arts, this is something that employers are going to want to know. It's going to make you look very favorable as an employee if you have that training. Now, we've talked about before, you don't have to have this training. You don't have to be excellent at, at sketching people. I definitely am not. I'm not good at drawing. So I personally don't usually keep anything like that in my, my portfolio. But if you think it has something to do with the job, if you think that that'll give you an edge, definitely put something like that in there. And... Uh, in a lot of jobs, it will give you an edge. Even a lot of people may not think that actually in a 3D job, if you're doing 3D graphics, that actually does help you out quite a bit. You have to be able to draw. You have to be able to uh, draw characters and stuff like that to be able to be in 3D. Uh, it's just the way it is. And a lot of people in 3D started out with that knowledge and without the the knowledge of the 3D software. They learn that later. So just keep that in mind. If you are good at that, might be something you want to include in your portfolio. The next section I wanted to go over is web design. And the obvious thing here is, well, what do you want to do for your portfolio on web design? You're going to want to make websites. And again, I apologize for my little yipping dog. Uh, for websites, there's a couple different options, though. You can make websites that are completely HTML. You can make websites that are completely CSS. You can make websites that are completely made of Flash. And these are all completely different, of course. Uh, you can make ones that are hybrids. Maybe it's HTML and Flash. Maybe it's CSS and Flash. Maybe it's all three. Or maybe you include other languages, PHP, uh, JavaScript, just whatever you think they need to see uh, that your talents are. Go ahead and put that in there. Other things you can do would be emails. Uh, emails are very big these days. I'm sure you know, like email newsletters or just uh, other ways of correspondence. But e nice looking emails made out of HTML or CSS. Uh, banners, always a good thing. Banners, uh, there's a couple different kinds, of course. Rotating GIFs. Some people can't accept Flash on their websites, so uh, rotating GIFs are still out there. 
still being used. And then, of course, you have the the new fancy flash ones. And even up to the point where there's a lot of banners out there, you may have seen them, where they're actually incorporating video or flash video in their banners. So that might be something good to show as well. And then the final one here would be web graphics. Uh, maybe you're Maybe you're very good in a, a certain kind of navigation that has extensive rollovers, or maybe it's Flash or something like that. Or maybe it's just showing them that you're able to make graphics that will work very well in a web environment. Might also be something you want to show. Now, if you're going to an interview and you, you're bringing like a physical portfolio with you, which is a, a, a good thing to do in most cases, uh, you, you might want to just print these web pages out so that they can see. I mean, they're not going to be able to see all the functionality, but that's something maybe you can explain to them if they actually want to know more about it. But you're going to want to print out these web pages and paste them on a blackboard just like you would with a print piece. The next section would be audio or video. And the king here is the reel. Most, most cases, most jobs, you're going to be sending in a reel. That's what they're going to want to see. They don't want to see a bunch of different movies. They're probably not going to watch any of them. If they do watch them, they'll probably only watch a few seconds of each one. And that's where the reel comes in. You put a few seconds from each of your best projects on this, and you kind of do it as uh, a montage, something that they can watch very quickly and see lots of your work. So again, we've gone over this before in the other episode where I talked about what, what to do and what not to do on the reel. So just go ahead and and use that for that kind of stuff. But there's a few different reels you can do. Like we said, you can put all your your different video skills. You can put different pieces of different projects on there. Or if you do 3D, 3D ones are usually more specific. I mean, video ones can be also, but 3D, if you're doing animation, it's usually going to be only animation stuff. If you're doing modeling, it will be models that that are kind of like on on a rotating thing. They would be doing a 360, basically, so you can see all the way around it. Uh, Or you can make ones with all of your skills. And this is something I've been meaning to do, and I will do it whenever I have the time. But you can actually make one that just shows everything you do completely. So you can put print projects on there. If you do web design, you put that on there as well. Uh, Video stuff. And obviously, the whole presentation shows that you, you have some kind of video and motion graphics skills. So that's a good thing to do. Uh, Like I said, you do like a montage. This also goes for audio. If you want to show them different projects of audio, you're going to make kind of like a montage or a mashup. Uh, Other things that you can do, if you do any voiceovers, you might have a little sampling of that. Uh, Sweepers or promos. If you do promos, uh, sweepers would be kind of like uh, transitions from, from one thing into another. For video, other things you might want to do, if you can't, if you don't have enough to do a demo reel, which of course is the best thing to do. But if you don't have enough, then uh, maybe to add to that, you could do things that you make up. If you write short stories, maybe you want to do some kind of 2D or 3D animation to it. Or maybe you actually want to get your friends or or actually cast some actors and actually act out a short story. Uh, Make make a little movie of your own, basically. Uh, One of the projects we did in school was a uh, commercial, a short commercial, 30 or... 30 seconds or a minute. And for this, you can follow the same rules as before. You can come up with your own product, which I actually did this. It was a spoof commercial where I came up with my own product and I had people actually act it out. Uh, Another commercial I actually did was for a company that existed. It was for Ernie Ball bass guitars. And this one was more 2D animation. I did a lot of it in Flash and uh, just kind of put it together and put it together in Final Cut Pro. 
And that was another good thing to do. And it's not that hard to do because I actually don't have to go out and get actors and, and make it a big giant production. So this might be something that you think of. If you draw, you could actually draw out maybe some kind of cartoons or illustrations, scan them in and put them together in either After Effects or Flash or something like that. And these are all things that can really beef up your port your portfolio or actually beef up your reel. It's things that you can actually add to your reel. Uh, very closely related to that would be motion graphics and 3D. I uh, already went over 3D a little bit, but other things you might want to add to this would be logo graphics. And by this, I mean like motion logo graphics, like something you might see like uh, a station identification with some kind of logo flying in or something like uh, you see them all the time on channels like TNT, TBS, uh, they're called lower thirds, and it'll be the thing down in the lower right-hand corner where it shows you maybe so-and-so show is coming on next or something is coming on this weekend. It premieres this weekend. And also other things that they do are like the little transitions that go from the commercial back into the show that you're watching, and they'll tell you what's coming up next or what's coming up in the next month or something like that. And there's some kind of motion graphics going on as well as the information that it's giving you. So these are other things that are, are quick little projects, but are good things to look at and good things to put on your demo reel. So a couple of ideas there. Now that's what I call a rookie mistake. The tip today I wanted to actually relate to what we were talking about with uh, portfolios and books and actually the interview process. Now you don't want to rely only on your portfolio or your book. This is not going to get you the job alone. Even if you are a spectacular artist and all your work just looks amazingly great, these people are still going to want to know about you as a worker. They're going to want to know your work ethic, how well you might fit in with their company and the people that already work there if you're a team player and other things like this. So, I mean, don't just think that if you go in there with an excellent looking portfolio that you're automatically gonna get the job because that's not always the case. You wanna be a well-rounded person, be able to explain yourself well and be able to uh, point out the, the good points of you as an employee. So just make sure you go in there with that knowledge as well. Things are getting a bit out of hand. Looks like it's time to go to the bullpen. As promised, the website for today is actually one where you can find EPS logos of many of the largest companies in the world, and it is at brandsoftheworld.com. Now, you got to be careful with this, and I think there is a warning on the website. This isn't a place where you can just go up and get logos and use them in anything, especially things that are going to be published and, and distributed everywhere. You usually have to have, actually make that, you always have to have the permission of these companies to do that. But if you're just making some kind of comp up project, something that you made up, then it's okay to go up and get these things and use them. Like I said, if you're making the VHS tape box, there's a lot of logos up there for like the Motion Picture Association and all that kind of stuff that you can get there and you can use that and that's fine. Uh, you're obviously not going to get sued for doing something that you're only showing to employers in a portfolio. So, but just beware. I think it says on the website that these logos are not clip art or something like that. You can't just use them freely in something that you're publishing because you will get in trouble if somebody finds out. Well, to close this up, I just wanted to remind you once more, because I am a vote whore, that uh, you can go to podcastawards.com and vote for Ricky Designer in the education category. 
The voting stops tomorrow on Friday, the 11th. So you only have two more days to vote. You can vote once every 24 hours. So please give me your vote today and tomorrow, depending on when you actually listen to this. Uh, you might listen to it after the 11th, and in which case you can't vote for me at all. So if that's the case, disregard this. If it's not the case, please give me your vote. I can use it. Uh, as always, you can contact us several different ways. You can send me an email, adam at rookiedesigner.com. You can Skype me at username TitanStrides. You can call the call-in line, which I never remember, and I'm waiting for the page to load, if it ever will. And we'll just go ahead and wait for that one. Uh, you can also go to Rookie Designer. Actually, check that. You can go to myspace.com slash rookie designer. Or the best thing to do is just go up on the forums. There's over 200 people up there now. Like I said, there's lots of good conversation up there. There's lots of good questions that you might you might be able to put some input on. And uh, it really makes a difference in, in other designers' lives when you share your information with them, as you should know, because it probably does the same for you when people share stuff with you. So definitely join the community. Be a part of the forums. It's a great forum. Everybody's nice, and uh, everybody has some good information to share. So go ahead and do that. And also, if you have a friend in the design area, in the design field, uh, either a coworker or maybe a fellow student that doesn't listen to the show yet, go ahead and tell them about the show, please. We've uh, The numbers are kind of leveling off these days, and uh, we definitely want to grow the community as much as we can. So tell everybody you can about it, and make sure they're listening to Rookie Designer, because I, I think uh, it just makes it better. The more people that are involved, it really makes this community that much better. Uh, I do have the call-in line number now. It is 619-573-4043. And if you uh, are out of out of the United States, remember to add the country code and a 1 to that as well. Uh, I don't say it enough, but I do have a couple of other podcasts. Uh, many of you probably know about Quick Tips for Designers, but if you're a new listener to this show, definitely check that out too. If you go to rookiedesigner.com, then you're going to see a splash page. It has two different logos, and one of them is for quick tips for designers. If you've never been there yet, go check it out. It's actually video tutorials of how to use different uh, different design applications. So little quick tips for that. It's nothing big, but it's definitely things that can help you out in your everyday workflow. And also, I usually play a song at the end of these, and it's usually somewhere in the punk rock genre. And if you like that kind of music, I also have a music podcast. It's called Audible Recon. And you can find that at audiblerecon.com. Uh, thanks for listening. If you are a new listener or if you're one of the old faithful, I definitely appreciate you listening and supporting us and voting and joining the forums and doing everything that you do to make this show uh, definitely a great one. And uh, I, I definitely thank everybody for that. I'm very, very appreciative. And just remember, everybody's a rookie before they're an all-star. That one's high. It's got the distance. It's...
looks like an angel 